This is Mover Scott from the Imagination Movers, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's comedian Gary Owen. Comedy world, and also from uh, he's been doing some acting films over the years, uh, Tyler Perry films, most notably. And uh, he's moved out west here from Cincinnati at the behest of his management. More kind of things like movies and TV and stuff. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that one. We'll be talking to Gary in just a few minutes. We have a song of the week coming up from Eleanor Friedberger. And I didn't remember who this was, but um, I remembered after I uh, read the little Wikipedia page. So uh, stay tuned for her tune at the end of the show. And then uh, right now we have a uh, we have, well, we have a dumb bit. Even though I was on Facebook, this is not uh, Facebook, not Factbook. Uh, but I was looking around and I, I saw a post from our friend Ian Bag, friend of the show. And the little clip I saw had a headline on it uh, talking about how the uh, the National Enquirer admitted that they had paid off uh, former Playboy model Karen McDougal. I saw that, and I commented on it, and then Ian Bag got a proper go at me. I, I, well, I'll tell you what I said, because that's, that's the, um, this, act, this bit is actually called I Thought It Was Funny, where uh, I say something that I only have a little tiny punchline for and follow it with a rim shot. So I, I mentioned that, uh, well, here, uh, let me explain what I thought it was. It, it was. They did not talk about that in this clip. That was just one of the headlines below what these people were talking about on CNN. This is what I thought they were talking about. The prosecutors of the case apparently have evidence directly tying then-candidate Trump uh, to payments made by the National Enquirer and by Michael Cohen to... The two women, Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels. All right. So and then Ian Bag thought I was calling uh, CNN fake news. And I'll explain in just a bit when I give you my little joke here. And uh, he told me, good luck with the Flat Earth Society. He thought I was a Trump supporter. I'm like, dude, no, it's BF. It's me. Your American friend who loves Canada, St. Louis Blues fan. And then he remembers, like, oh, okay. So anyway, here's the thing. The National Enquirer paid off uh, Karen McDougal. To, to silence her about this affair she had with Trump. And, and I thought it was funny that a newspaper that's been long, long noted for fake news, way before fake news was a thing, actually paid off a woman to hush up about something that actually happened. I thought it was funny. Gary Owen is a stand-up comedian, originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, and he now splits time between Ohio and California. He's a very funny dude, has all kinds of funny stories from his life and about growing up in a trailer park and joining the Navy and all kinds of other good things. Here now is an interview with Gary Owen. Hey, what's up? This is Gary Owen. Hey, Gary, it's P.F. How you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Uh, been a long time since we spoke, even though we live in the same town. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, in fact, the last uh, time I, uh, well, I didn't see you in person, but I, I noticed on uh, on Facebook you bumped into my boss, Josh Sneed, on an airplane. You guys were both off to uh, to perform uh, in different places. And, oh, yeah, 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 like six months ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so what I wanted to do was, this is going to be for a feature in City Beat to promote the Taft show. And I'd like to use the audio for my my personal podcast, which we did in the past. In fact, you were one of my first guests on my old on my podcast way back in the day. And then we'd like to get you on the Cincy Shirts podcast, but um, we can discuss that at the end of the interview here. I've been There's no hurry on that one, since. So, um, but uh, well, let's start from the top. Uh, and Josh informed me when we were trying to put together the uh, Cincy Shirts interview thing. Though you, he goes back and forth between LA and Cincinnati. So has that, that that been the case a lot lately? Uh, you know, we we moved a couple months ago to uh, the East Bay, Oakland, San Francisco area. Oh, okay. Well, there you have it. Um, yeah. Okay, so you're are you still back in Cincinnati very often, uh, or? I have, this will be my first time. The Tans will be my first time back in a couple months. So okay. I was, um, we still got our house back there, so. Okay. We haven't sold that yet. And we'll always have a, a place in Cincy. Once, um, once we eventually sell our house, um, we're gonna, uh, you know, we'll still get an apartment somewhere, probably downtown. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, we'll always have a place there. So why the move to Northern California? Uh, this is where my wife's from. Okay. Uh, my wife's in this area, and my manager and agent's been trying to get me out to California for years. So it just seemed like the timing was right. She was ready to go back. Um, so I was like, all right, well, let's just do it now. So... And so what have you been doing uh, project-wise? I know you, you kind of split evenly between doing stand-up and then you also, you know, turn up uh, doing the acting thing. So what, what's been, what that, what's that been like the past couple of years? Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Most of the work I get isn't in L.A. Like, the way you film is now, they're filming in every city. Like, uh, like right before I come to Cynthia, I'm coming straight from Undercover Brother 2. I start filming that, um... Next week, actually Monday. Okay. Uh, but we filmed that in Atlanta. So literally, I'm I'll be getting back to Cincy on the fifteenth for the show. Wow. Yeah, I remember when we saw you uh, do stand up years ago. You had mentioned that you were, um, you know, had been working in a Tyler Perry film and that had had, had shot uh, in Atlanta. So I know you'd been and doing a lot of that. So is, is that like is most of your schedule now acting? Is it stand up? I mean, what? what Where's your focus at? Or is no, it's still it's still stand up, eighty percent. Okay. I mean, I I, I kind of work. I I could work every weekend if I wanted to. I have to call for weekends off. Actually, I have to tell my agent I don't want to work this week, <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't happen a lot. I like my job. Yeah. Uh, well, anyone who's seen you perform uh, knows that. So, well, when you do get a weekend off, do you just? sit around and relax or do you, do you pursue non-comedy things what what kind of stuff do you do watch sports all day i don't like to leave the house or if we're on vacation i don't like to leave like the resort or hotel we're at i i don't have that much you know i like my time to myself i like my downtime so i don't do much man uh, <laughs> i don't that... do much I'm like a hermit I'm like <laughs> bigfoot you gotta have sightings of me there you go. It's probably why we don't see you around Cincinnati very much when you were here. Is that uh, uh, you, you you stayed to, to yourself there? It, it's kind of weird too when you because a lot of people say this when you go on vacation. Sometimes you need a vacation from the vacation. Like you, the, people plan too much stuff, 
and they forget what the vacation is supposed to be about. Well, I, I had to school my wife on that because she would make like all these excursions and plan the stuff. I said, I don't want to do none of that. Like when we were in Hawaii, she tried to get us on some, it was going to be like a four hour hike to this waterfall. And I said, I ain't doing that because we were going to be in a group of like 20 people. And I go, do you know how bored I would be if, <laughs> if one of those 20 people started asking about trees and flowers and plants along the hike? And then our guide has to explain what kind of plant that is. So uh, my ADHD would quit kicking so fast. I would have been lost. I would have been like those people that just got hit with the bow and arrow. Yeah. And that tribe. I would have wandered off that path so fast. So, what did you end up doing? Did she go on the hike and you... We canceled it. Okay. We canceled it. We didn't go on the hike. Hell no, we didn't go on the hike. <laughs> I said, we have a better time just getting in the car and exploring. Let's just get in the car and drive. We're in Hawaii. People go to Hawaii to see the water and the beaches. See, there you go. Yeah, That's you... not a problem. You're going to find that. Yeah, I, I I hear where you're coming from because we were just in New Orleans for my daughter's 21st birthday, and we didn't have any like real set plans. We knew a couple things we wanted to do. My one daughter wanted to go to a record store there and things like that, but it was very loose, very loosey goosey, uh, and it was fabulous. Yeah, those are the best. Don't plan. Don't don't do all that. We're here. We got to do this on Tuesday, this on Wednesday, this on Thursday. No, no, no. Just wake up. Wake up and figure it out. You know what I mean? That's vacation. You don't set the alarm clock. That's exactly. my vacation. Exactly. So when you're doing stand-up, though, in other towns, though, although you've probably been to, like, most every town several times, but uh, do you get out and explore then, or are you just kind of relax between shows, or what? How do you? How does that work? Nah. Nah. <laughs> I don't get out too much anymore. In the beginning, I did, but anymore... I've been to every major city in the country numerous times, so I kind of know what what every city is offering. Uh, you know, the older I get, the more I find out I'm looking for good restaurants, mainly. Oh, there you go. And those are always changing. Yeah, I've definitely become a foodie the older yeah. I've gotten. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so, like, what are some of the, like, a steak and potatoes guy, a seafood? What kind of things do you look for? Or just I, I, The older I get, the healthier I get. Like, even in Cincinnati... I love my little my little local owned uh, restaurants. Like in Cincy, I, I love the Conscious Kitchen right there on Little Tap. Um, Sleepy Bee's one of my top go tos. Uh, there's actually a, a, a guy I posted numerous times on social media. There's a Mexican spot. I think it's just called the Taco House Taco Spot. It's on Fields Earl. It's oh, just yeah. a, a authentic Mexican next to a car wash where the dude just got a trailer, turned it into a kitchen, and he, like, framed out a little sitting area, like a picnic area. And best tacos in the city, by far. There's a, a barbecue joint like that in Newtown. Same thing. It was a trailer, and then they kind of built it into a tiny building, sort of. And, uh, yeah, and there's just a couple of picnic tables outside. I guess Eli's is kind of like that, too, speaking of uh, barbecue. so Yeah, yeah. this taco spot is the shit. I know you can't print that. <laughs> I can use little asterisks. I've been, I've been I've been doing this before. So, so a, a kind of an odd question, but like out in Northern California, do you think you'll miss sort of the unique Cincinnati cuisine, or you know, can you still get that sorted when you're out there? 
And you know what? I've been in Tanzania my whole life, so I know where to go, and I'm comfortable there. That's why we lived there for so long. But and there's a reason why we're going to keep a place back there. That that's always going to be home. You know? Yeah. So and part of coming home is going to those restaurants that I just mentioned. That's yeah. going to be part. Of, I mean, similar to you know, Gold Star Skyline, that type of deal. Uh, Jeff Ruby Steakhouse. You know, you got the the Cincinnati cuisine greater. But, uh, you know, the local spot, that's part of me coming home for four days is, yo, we got to go to Constant Kitchen. We got to go to Sleepy Bee. That's part of being home. Yep, and, and Cincinnati, I know just, because I'm not from here originally, although I've lived here for 25 years. I'm, I'm from Cleveland. I lived in Pittsburgh for a while, but uh, which aren't really dissimilar cities. But Cincinnati does seem to have the most, of the three, most unique uh, cuisine and food offerings you know, of any associated city, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, what are you talking about on stage these days? I know last time we saw you, it was a lot of stories about you traveling. You told that you tell that story about going down to Jamaica and and the kind of the, the crazy show you were involved in there and stuff. Is it a lot of stuff like that still? It's a lot, man. You know, comedians we've been wild lately, so I talk about my uh, contemporaries a lot between. Bill Cosby, Louis C.K., Kevin Hart, Roseanne, uh, uh, Cat Williams. Um, it's just, you know, and I mean, so many comedians just, like, in the news. Like, when did we become the scandalous part of entertainment? It used to be, like, athletes and rappers. <laughs> Scandals. <laughs> Lately, it's been a comedian. So how do I not talk about that? And what and why do you think that is? Do you think people are just are just focusing in finally, or is it just a, a run of bad luck, or what do you owe that to? I, I just think it's a run. I don't think it's the norm. I just think it's. I just you know, I mean, Roseanne brought it on herself. Bill Cosby brought it on herself. Uh, what what they did, uh, you know, um, I don't know. Just just happened. It just it just happened that way. Well, and you've kind of lived on the the straight and narrow though for you know a long time. But you've been a family man for a long time, been married for a long time. Uh, you know, is in the entertainment business, is it that difficult, or is it just the way some people are built that you know they they cave in sometimes? Yeah, yeah, I just think it's uh, well, yeah, realize What Cosby was doing, there's no caving in. That was that was a sexual predator. What Louis C.K. was doing was was kind of odd. I mean, we all know what it is. I, I'll talk sure. about it on stage. Yeah, on yeah. Um, you know, was a that was an all-out scandal that his friend set him up for a financial gain. Uh, that, to me, was was worse than what Kevin did and what his friend did. I mean, that's your friend. Yeah. That's somebody you're on the road with. Because all, we all like to think our wives are our best friends and know everything, which really, it's, it's your homeboys. They know everything. Uh, same with wives, like, you like to think your husband knows everything, but really it's probably your girlfriend that knows you better than everybody else. Because they're the ones you bet to. <laughs> True. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, the fact that Kevin's boy, you know, set him up is just, oh my God. It had me looking at everybody in my crew side of. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Is it... You kind Everybody of think, I'm with, I was like, hmm, do I trust him, trust him? Do I really trust him? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's um, got... 
it, this, to me, that was worse than what Kevin did. And, and of course, I think a lot of ladies would disagree, but guys, we all know that that was worse. That was breaking the guy code to the 10th power. And that's not even as a sex scandal. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just, you know, you're guys, you, you vent. You don't know, you know? Yeah, I've always lived by the motto, though, that don't say anything that you don't expect to be repeated by somebody. Because someone's going exactly. to crack. Somebody's telling somebody. Exactly. Without question. Even if you say, yeah. don't tell anybody, even when I'm saying that, I'm like, there's a good chance this person is going to tell somebody. And sometimes it's really difficult. Uh, they say women gossip. I think it's just human nature. Sometimes you want to tell oh, yeah. somebody the tea, and you've got to keep it bottled up. And, uh, yeah, that's that's a big challenge. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as you say the words, don't tell nobody, you're basically saying, just don't tell nobody that'll get back to the person I'm talking to. Which is impossible, <laughs> especially now, because, you know, with social media and, and, and all that other stuff, you know, it just, it, it, it spreads yeah. like, like the proverbial wildfire, so. Yeah, without question. Without question. Yeah, well, so, so maybe your strategy so, of just staying at home and being a hermit is uh, a good one, <laughs> for that reason alone. Even your circle small. Is, is my is my motto. I keep my circle small. There you go. Uh, so, how are your kids? I know your kids must be uh, have gotten older by now. They they must be what high school, college. Yeah, they're in high school now. Uh, they're out here in California. They, they love it. I mean, they love it out here. It's just, it's it's very obviously it's very diverse um, as far as uh, uh, the school goes. So you know, as a mixed kid, they're you know, they, they love it. They love it. They got, they just love it out here. And are they kind of following in your footsteps with the showbiz thing? Are there artistic pursuits? Uh, sports? What are they? No, nah, not my daughter. Uh, my son, he's opened up for me a few times. Some of his stuff's on YouTube. Have you heard Gary on Son? Oh, no, I gotta um, see that. Yeah, he may pursue it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think my son, I'm not worried about him. He's going to end up doing something I don't see coming, like invent some gluten-free dog biscuit or something. <laughs> it's something I will not see. It'll come out of left field, like, really? That's what you did? <laughs> hey, if it works, though. But did he naturally gravitate towards comedy, or did you kind of say, hey, you know, you're funny, you know, why don't you... No, he goes on the road with me quite a bit, and when he does, you know, he, he, he starts bagging on my guys, and he can go. And I was like, whoa. You know, we'll be in the green room or the car ride to the to the comedy club or the theater. And I'll just start talking smack, and my guys and I'll be going back and forth, and I'd be dying because he he can hold his own with with legit stand up comics. There you go. Yeah, I've been trying to convince my daughter to because and even we were at, we went to Festival of Lights last night at the zoo, and her and. Uh, her, her sister, my other daughter, were, were just saying the most hilarious things, and I'm like, and I was trying to figure out like a, a, maybe a better punchline for this thing she came up with, and she's like, "But that's that's not funny." I'm like, "It is. It's hilarious. You don't understand." <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah ho- hopefully, hopefully, yeah, he, I, you're saying he might. I don't know. I, I can't. Like I said, I can't figure him out yet. Hmm. I don't think he knows yet. Yeah, but it's good to have that skill set, I guess, because even because years ago, who was it? Um. He, one of the first guys to start ha- offering comedy classes. It, um, oh, man. Bobby, you uh, do a lot of boats and stuff. I can't even think of his name. Bobby Collins. He told he did a, used to come into town and he'd offer uh, stand-up, like, 
classes in stand-up comedy and stuff, which a lot of people do, of course, but and the, I, the shocking thing I learned about that was that a lot of people take that to learn how to be just better speakers at work. They have no interest at all in being stand-up comedians. They just want to be more at ease with people. So maybe having that... Oh, skill- I can see exactly. I've always told you, man, don't, I've always said when comedians ask you for advice for people that want to get into the business, they're like, don't take a comedy class. I said, you should never be paying to go on stage. Yeah. <laughs> you should never be like having to pay a fee. You should, I mean, appreciate stage time when you get it, but if you're a stand-up, it's in you. You can't teach that. Very similar to the guys that run a 4-4-40. You can't teach speed. You can't teach that. Either you have it or you don't. Either you're funny uh, as a stand-up or you're not. You know? It's in you. It's just in you. Yeah, as uh, Jimmy Pardo says, you have to have funny in your bones. I mean, there's there's technical things you can, you know, how to handle the microphone, just, you know, being up on stage and, you know, and having that experience. Like, we're using the running example. You can run fast, but you have to learn how to jump over a hurdle, you know, with this foot first and bring your other foot behind you. But, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's probably 90% sort of you know, in your bones. Um, uh, was, it, was it that way with, I guess, because you were in the Navy for a long time, as, I, as of course, as everybody knows. And, um, and, but you had that in you, that desire in you, you had to get on stage somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I always knew I was going to be a stand up. Navy was just that the whole reason I joined the Navy was just get off the trailer park. I lived in a trailer park right outside of Hamilton. So I was just like, how can I get out of here? And the recruiter was like, I can, I can get you out of here. I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, I didn't know where I wanted to go. I just know I didn't want to be. And I didn't want to be stuck in that trailer park and, and outside of Hamilton my whole life. Yeah. Um, but and yet you still are tied to the community, which is really cool. You know, you went out and saw the world. But, you know, my, like my wife always says, you, you do come back home in one way or another. Oh, yeah. And I, there, there were good people and good friends that I still am in touch with today that, um, uh, that I grew up with. And that trailer park, it's not like it's, it's, it's bad people. Right. It's just the, uh, the environment as a whole isn't, isn't, um, how can I say it? Isn't productive for me. Yeah. Isn't conducive to where I, I saw my life at it. Oh, yeah. That, and that, that makes perfect sense. Um, so, uh, what, what's the immediate future hold then? If you're, you're out in California, your agent's got you where he wants you or close to where he wants you, is it, just going to kind of be the, the same mix that it's been of stand-up and, and acting and stuff like that? Or are you going to lean more toward one or the other? Or? I mean, no, I'm, in the end, I'm always a stand-up. Even when I do movies or get on TV, it, it, the reason I do it is to hopefully this, this, more people will see me and more people want to come see my stand-up. It all comes back to stand-up with me. Always. Cool. Well, and of course, you're a great storyteller. And, uh, I mean, are you... Are, is it, are stories constantly presenting themselves to you? Is like a lot of stuff happening that, because uh, Jeff Tate used to complain to me. He goes like, I really only have three stories. And this, this was years ago. He's got more now. But he would always say, like, you know, I only have three stories, dude. And <laughs> I've got to figure out, you know, so we, or do you have enough stuff? Are you been doing at this long enough to where like, you know where to look for stories? You know, is that, is that how that kind of works? I don't know. It just happened. I've never written a joke down in my life. I've never wrote a, a joke on a piece of paper. I just kind of talk. <laughs> and just, yeah, well, people have seen your set will can attest to that. It says, yeah, it does, it does seem to flow 
uh, very naturally, almost like they bumped into you at a party and, oh, hey, what's happened to you lately, Gary? And and there you have it. Yeah, well, I, I, I will say I'm going to announce this on your show. Yes. But, um, I, uh, I'm going to take this, this show in Cincy. It's going to be a live taping. Oh, okay. Uh, the, and the reason I'm, I'm hesitant to say comedy special is because, uh, you know, my last, my last three specials I, I did like I'm going to do in Cincy. I did it myself, and I sold them. Um, I just don't know where I'm going to sell it yet. I just know I got a lot of material. I want to get it out there. And I go, man, I, I'm, I'm, I got too much material. Like I got too much material right now. So if somebody saw me last year, when I went to the tab last year in December, I already got a whole new hour from last year. So I go... Okay, I got to come to Cincy to this new hour. A lot of it's topical, but I want to get it out there. So I'm going to take this show and then, you know, shop it to, you know, Netflix, Showtime, Amazon Prime, HBO. Luckily, I've got a great relationship with Showtime. They, they, they usually are quick to be like, yeah, we want your stuff. So we'll see. But I'm going to take this show in Cincy on the 15th. Cool. All right. Yeah, a lot of folks doing that. They, they film it, and then they kind of figure out what to do with it from there. There isn't a set plan. So that's... Uh... Uh, that's not unusual to do that. Well, terrific. I'm glad we got to get this knocked out of the way. This will, um, the print part of this will be in uh, City Beat like the Wednesday before the show. So we, uh, you know, if if haven't already, get get, get more yeah. folks out there. So I'm um, glad we're able to connect. Um, we're going to let the, my podcast listeners go at this point, and then I'll chit-chat with you uh, about the other podcast. So um, we'll leave that. Okay. So... Um... Thanks again to Gary Owen for being on the show. You can catch Gary December 20th through the 22nd in Bellevue, Washington, and then Friday the 20th in Milwaukee. And let me see, what has he got? He's got himself a New Year's Eve game in Grand Prairie, Texas. Yes, sir. Salute at the Verizon Theater in Grand Prairie. All right. Sounds like a fun gig there if you're down there in Texas. So let me see here. Uh, the usual plugs. Uh, Nearly Liza is still working on making videos. She's kind of had a rough uh, semester this year, but she's getting doing very well as straight A's. And uh, so I guess the YouTube channel has kind of suffered because of that, but better than the other way around, quite frankly. But hopefully maybe she'll get some videos sorted uh, on, on a Christmas break. So let me see. Oh, and of course, Check Check Hayes blog. Same situation. Getting good grades at college. And, you know, maybe not having as much time for the blog. But again, hopefully over break and while she's working, she just sits at a desk basically while while she's working over break. Maybe she can knock out a couple of blog posts. So there you go. And let me see. I guess that brings us to the song of the week. I heard the song on, um, I think, probably BBC Radio 6. It wasn't Radio 1. I don't think it was Radio... I'm sure it wasn't Radio 2. It had been Radio 6. Anyway, uh, Eleanor Friedberger, and hopefully I'm pronouncing the name properly, didn't realize she was uh, part of the duo Fiery Furnaces along with her brother Matthew Friedberger. And I think this song is actually from last year, but I heard it on 6 Music, and I hadn't really hadn't heard it before. And uh, I thought it was a pretty nice tune. And uh, the tune... Uh, is called, let me bring it back up here, Everything, and like I said, I heard it on Six Music, and uh, just a nice little bouncy uh, tune, kind of reminds me of, uh, I mean, everything but the girl kind of sped up, kind of a little, little nice little 80s-ish twinge to it, probably why I liked it so much. Uh, see what you think, Eleanor Friedberger, Everything, our song of the week on PF's tape recorder, so long, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.